0: About a month ago, I put out there on social media and also on our website to, to ask whatever questions you might be having, issues you might be going through, uh, those things that you never felt got answered. And so, what we've done is we just try to kind of. Uh, last week, we answered the question, How does this church, how does our church, how does the church of Christ respond to the culture that we live in? That was based on several questions that we got in about what was happening in the world today, about social issues and what have you. And then this week, I'm going to answer a question about, and it really covers a lot of things, you know, um, how do I deal with discouragement? Um, what about the guilt that I'm carrying around? I have a hard time forgiving somebody. Um, how do I deal with anxiety? And this, this message is not going to answer everyone's questions perfectly. Um, but what, we, what I did was try to, to, to be able to answer a lot of them with some, some general thoughts here. And here's the, here's the big question for this week, and, and why don't I feel like a Christian is supposed to feel? And here's, <laughs> here's the thing, like we, we hear Jesus say in John 10.10 10, that I'm come, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, right? And that word abundant is like, you got it so good that it just overflows to everybody else around you. And you're like, yeah, I can't even hardly come up with air myself. I don't feel like Jesus is talking about the kind of life that I have. And then we read in Matthew where he's talking about, you know, come to me and I'll give you rest and take my yoke upon you because it's easy. And you're like, really? My burden is light? Really? Did that mean the same thing 2,000 years ago as it's supposed to mean today? You know, because that's not the life that I feel like I am living. I don't feel very Christian. I mean, I like coming to church, and and sometimes I just just don't feel the way that I think I'm supposed to feel. And let me just say this about feelings real quick. Feelings are great, okay? I like feeling stuff, most stuff. And feelings are important. But remember this about feelings, that feelings are not as reliable as you think feelings might be. And feelings are a very poor way to measure your spiritual level, like where you are spiritually. What's, what's a great illustration? So like, if you wanted to measure the size of this room, you could look at it and guesstimate like, oh, this is about 45 by 60 or whatever you're going to come up with because it feels about that big. You can guess the time of day, except in the winter time. Five o'clock feels like nine, you know can't believe we have to stay up for three more hours i'm getting old but like you know when we try to when we try to guess stuff based on how we feel or or how we're sensing it to be that's not always a reliable thing so what do we have we have tape measures, right we have clocks we have things to measure time that we can depend upon and when it comes to a weighty matter, an important thing like where you are with the Lord and, and, and spiritual things, it's important that we have a basis for what we measure that with more than our feelings, because our feelings can really throw us off drastically. Because here's the assumption we make, like we feel like we come to church like this and we're the only one who feels the way that we feel. Like I, I, I've got to be the only one dealing with this anxiety, or nobody else battled that sin this morning, or nobody else had an argument with their wife on the way. No, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> nobody else's wife was wrong. Nobody. I'm trying to speak for you, that's not personal experience. But so it's like, you know, I come to church like this and I'm sitting amongst all these people who seem so happy, and the songs are great and everything. But I'm, I feel like I'm missing something, like I don't feel like I, f- I don't feel like I am feeling the way that I think a Christian is supposed to feel. Do you get the ambiguity there? Like it's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to pin down. But let's just be honest, we all got stuff going on. And if we would realize the fact that as we sit in a room like this with 150 other people, everybody else is thinking. I sure am glad not everybody knows my stuff. And everybody else is thinking that I'm just not where I feel like I need to be spiritually. And we're all in this journey, right? We're all trying to to become who we need to be. And let me just give you a couple of assurances here. Just Just a few things as we intro this message that I felt really compelled to strongly tell you these things because I want you to know that if you have anxiety or doubts or burdens or you don't feel like you feel the way you think Christians are supposed to feel first of all you're not alone sometimes your pastor thinks that too sometimes your pastor's like and I'm going to get up and speak to everybody and I got this crap going on in my life you're not alone now you're dying to know what it is, and I'm not telling you. <laughs> but you are not alone. Many Christians have a confidence problem. As a matter of fact, if you didn't, I'd be worried about you. If you were overconfident as a Christian, nobody would want to get to know you because you'd make everybody else feel inferior. And here's the truth. we, Most of us have confidence a spiritual inferiority complex. Think about that. Like we all kind of feel like we're just not there. Like we don't want anybody digging too deep beyond the the back slap and the handshake. And that's, here's the answer, That's, that's why a lot of people are like, I don't really want to get involved in a community group because then people will know my junk. Like, I got to go deeper than surface. Like, yeah, you kind of do, but we all do. And that takes time. But you're not alone. We all have doubts and concerns. If you come to church thinking nobody else feels the way that I feel, (laughs) everybody can make that statement. So, you're not alone. Number two, fakers don't care. That's not you. You're here this morning. You're concerned about your walk with the Lord. You have a, you have a genuine desire to figure this thing out called the Christian life. You're here today. The fact that you have these anxieties, the fact that you're carrying this burden, the fact that you ask the question, like, why do I not feel the way I think I'm supposed to feel? You're not faking it. Like, this is real to you. Thank you for your sincerity. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But remember, you're not alone. Like, you're not the only one who thinks that way. The fact that you care about your relationship with God is a big deal. And here's one of the most encouraging things I can say to you. Number three, God is for you. Like God is not sitting there with a baseball bat waiting for you to fall out of line. God is pulling for you. God is a fan. God is like in your corner, cheering you on, picking you up off the mat. God is a fan. God is for you. From the beginning of time, He had a plan to get connected with you. And you think about it, what more does he have to do to show that to you, to prove his love to you? He is a fan. But he also knows that the ultimate fulfillment of the joy that you're seeking is in relationship with him and in living your life in such a way that he's honored and we live our life based on the principles that he shared with us in his word and the guidance of his Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So just because God is a fan and just because God is for you doesn't mean he's gonna be for everything we're doing. And that's why we sometimes don't feel the way that we're gonna feel and we'll get to that in just a little bit but I want you to know that God is for you. And then my other list, this little, you know, preliminary statement here is that whatever it is, it's fixable. Whatever you've done, it's fixable. If somebody else is involved, obviously, that complicates things. But it is God that we're talking about. He has the ability to work things out in a miraculous way. That song we sang earlier, He will make a way. And I just don't know what that looks like for you. But he, he is God. So with all that being said, let me just give you a couple things that I've thought of that, that maybe are reasons why we don't feel the way we think we're supposed to feel as a Christian. And the first thing may be this, that, that maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, Eric, I could have figured that out. Yeah, I know, but somebody has to say it. Like, maybe you don't feel the way you're supposed to feel because you're not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. Like, the first thing that just came to your mind right now, that's what I'm talking about. Anybody want to share a witness? (laughs) That thing that you know you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing is the thing, maybe, that is causing you to feel like, I don't feel right. Like, I I don't feel like I am getting this whole thing. Maybe it's because you're not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. Is there an area of your life that's out of whack? Like, and you know it. And you're just not being obedient to what you know you're supposed to be doing. Like, have you ever gone away and left your kids at home and given them tasks to do? And then you come home and they're not done? Those kids don't feel the way they're supposed to feel because they're not doing what they should have been doing. Of course now we have life 360, and our kids can keep track of where we are 24 hours a day. Or they can text us and say, Hey, when do you think you might be home? <laughs> oh, and that's sweet, they care about spending time with us. <laughs> no, but like if you're not doing what you know what you're supposed to be doing, then you're not gonna feel the way you're supposed to feel. And number two, maybe <laughs> maybe you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing. It's amazing. When you make the right choices, you often feel the right way. It's amazing how that works. Like if you actually make the right choices in life, most often you'll feel the way you are supposed to be feeling. And so here's just my question. It's like, is, does that resonate with you? So like, like, Eric, I don't feel like I'm feeling the way a Christian is supposed to feel, all right? Or are you doing what you know you're supposed to be doing? are you not doing something that you know you're supposed to be doing? I made this up, may not be a thing, but like, you know, are you a a, a Chino, a Christian in name only? Okay, listen, you don't pay much, you don't get much, all right? <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like working on my computer and it sounded really clever and I'm like, I'm putting that in there and it sounded good then. It didn't sound as cool this morning. But a Christian in name only, like, like you know, you, that's the box you check on a survey, but it's not the life you live, right? A Christian is, the idea is that you're an imitator of Jesus, like you are a little Christ. You are, you are following after and living after in such a way, the teachings of Christ, that it's noticeable and you're identified as a Christian, not a box on a survey, A Christian lives in a certain way. I mean, it's, we pattern our lives after the teachings in Scripture. Like we figure out how Christ lived and what he said. And we try to live our life that way. With our spouses, in our families, at work, in our community, we try to be salt and light in this world so there's a difference Maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you are doing what you know you're not supposed to be doing and you're just a Christian in the name only. There's no real life change, no application of truth. You just kind of roll in here on Sunday because the music is good and you like the snacks. And we're glad you're here, okay? But that's why you don't feel the way you're supposed to feel. Now we're gonna get deeper than that. Number three, maybe you're carrying something you've never been designed to carry. And this is where it hurts a little bit because I know some of the burdens that you're carrying. And I don't know that I could handle what you are handling right now. I'm just being honest with you. And my heart hurts for you. But Maybe there's some guilt that you're dealing with. Maybe shame, maybe anger, bitterness, resentment. We're, we're just not designed to carry that stuff. And so what happens is because we are not equipped to carry that load, it begins to affect our spirit and we stop feeling the way that we think that we're supposed to feel. And we hang on to these things. Well, Eric, what do I do? What do I do about that anger? What do I do about this, this anxiety that I have? And you're, you're not gonna believe this, but it starts with humility. Because here's the honest truth, that, that we think that we are doing ourselves better by hanging on to it a lot of times. And by releasing it to the Lord and giving it to God, that's an act of humility. Like, God, I do not got this. Right? I, I yeah, this is you. I, I can't handle this. Look what First Peter says in, in, in chapter 5, and in, I included chapter, verse 6 on purpose because it starts off, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, they may exalt you in due time. And then there's a colon, so it completes the thought. So a lot of people quote this second part and they say, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. But the first verse is connected to it. It's humbling yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. God, I don't got this. Like I, I don't. I, I, yeah, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. I'm sick of carrying this around. I can't change him. I can't change her. And I can't heal him. And I'm i am I, I'm not equipped to do this, God. And then he says, I love this, casting. That, that word casting has the idea of taking it off and throwing it like you're hurling this casting all your care upon him. And what does it say here? For he cares. Do you realize that that's present tense? Man, aren't you glad? That means, because here's the thing, God knows, here's what you're gonna do today. All right, God, you got it all. And then tomorrow you're gonna go, I need that back. Because I'm thinking about it all night long and I just, I need that back. And he knows, no, 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 I care for you today too. I care for you today, so cast it off again today. And I don't know where you are with this, but, but this resonated with me. Like, maybe you don't feel the way you're supposed to feel because you're carrying what you've never been designed to carry. Listen, you're probably not gonna change him, but God can. So how do you live in a relationship Knowing that you're probably not going to be able to change him or you're not going to be able to change her, you give it to the Lord every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And you've got to, love, you've got to trust the fact that God loves him or God loves her more than you do. And you've got to let God do what God's going to do. And sometimes that's painful. But God knows what it's going to take to get that person to become who they need to be. And it's it should be more important to you that they become who God wants them to be than more who you need them to be for you. Because that's our tendency. And just trust God to do it. And pray. Which brings us to this last thing, as far as maybe why you don't, maybe you 're not a believer, and you don 't feel the way a Christian is supposed to feel because you 're not Christian and here's my here as as a pastor as your pastor, here is what really bothers me is 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 how how do I encourage you to be saved or to, to have a relationship with God without causing you to doubt what you have? Right? Because I've heard pastors, evangelists primarily do that. Like evangelists come through and half the church will get saved. And to be honest with you, they're probably already saved. He just did a really good job making them doubt it and i'm not trying to make you doubt what you got i'm just saying that maybe you don't got it and if you don't think you don't got it then let's get it because you don't want to leave this world without it right and you really don't want to live in this world without it and god is for you and god wants to have a relationship with you and I don't know what your experience has been. When I was nine years old, there was a moment in my life when somebody took the scripture and showed me some verses and prayed a prayer with me, and I believe at that point in time I received Christ as my Savior. And that's kind of like jargon that you may not be familiar with. And there's other ways to talk about it. When Jesus uh, was, 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 in, was in a conversation with Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And that was really strange Strange talk. So I don't know what what terminology you're familiar with. I just know this, that at some point in your life, you need to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, which begins by humbling yourself and accepting the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And as he said, no man comes to the Father but by him. And it's not a matter of what religion you aspire to. It's not a matter of how you live your life. It's the fact that he completely paid for all your sins when he died on the cross and he defeated the grave and he defeated death when he rose again from the the dead. And he gives us victory over that. But it is still, it's like an unwrapped present you haven't opened. It's available to you, but you're the one who decides whether you unwrap it and accept it for yourself. And I don't know where you are in that. But maybe you don't feel the way you're supposed to feel because you've never made that decision and you're not a believer. We're gonna have the opportunity today to take care of that. Because I want you in. I want you to have that confidence. So here's a few thoughts. So if those are the reasons why, right? So here's a few thoughts what to do with this. And, and this is not exhaustive. And I wish I was more clever. And I wish that like, you know, I was smarter than I am. But here are, here are some thoughts that I came up with to help you get from point A to point B. First of all, be honest with yourself about yourself. Be real, especially in the area of your spiritual life. Like if you are to rate yourself, no negative numbers allowed. On a scale of one to 10, where are you? Like be honest with yourself. Have a conversation with yourself about where you are spiritually. I wouldn't do this publicly. Be at Starbucks talking to yourself, they'll, they'll buy you coffee and put a blanket around you like just leave you alone. Listen, none of us are 100% who we appear to be. Did you hear me? None of us are 100% who we appear to be, and that applies to your Pastor. And, and I joke all the time that I want to set the bar really low, you know, so you don't have any expectations of me. That's kind of serious, too. Because I'm just a real guy. I truly, I truly am. And there are a lot of times, this is just me being real, a lot of times when I'm like, are you sure about this, God? I mean, because he knows me. He knows my shortcomings. And a lot of times I'm sitting down here praying before I get to preach just saying, God, it, it can't be me. Because I don't have much, right? I don't have a lot to offer. And I just want to point people to him because he's got it figured out. Just be real with yourself. We all have real hurts and discouragements and anger. People we don't like, hello. I know I'm supposed to love everybody, but I can give you a list, (laughs) right? Seriously, man. I know, I gotta be careful. My wife just gave me the cough. (laughs) But we all got stuff we're dealing with, right? Just be real. Just, I mean, nobody likes a fake, right? People can pick up on it like that. So just be real with yourself and be real with God about yourself. Second thing here, tell God how you feel often. Like tell God how you feel. He's a big boy. He can handle it. If you're angry, tell him you're mad. If you're discouraged, tell him so. If you don't like somebody, share it with him. He's okay with that. Because that's where the conversation starts. Here's the truth of the matter. I really believe this, that that when you are honest with God about how you're feeling about yourself or how you feel about a circumstance, that begins the conversation. So it's not like you're going to stay here and say, God, you've really... Dump too much on me this time. Like my, this, I'm mad about this. It's not right. He shouldn't have died. He shouldn't have cancer. They shouldn't have left. I shouldn't be having to deal with this right now. And you start that conversation with God in a very real, angry, transparent way. And then what happens is it begins to move because you're having a conversation with God. And now maybe you begin to see things in a little bit different light. But at least have the conversation. Tell God how you feel often, even if you don't think what you're going to have to say is very nice. Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts to communicate with God might be feeble. But here is an encouraging word. The power of prayer is not in the one who says it but in the one who hears it. And you saying it, even when you don't feel like you're being very spiritual. The power of prayer is in him, not in how you verbalize it. Not in how you create the sentences. Our prayers do make a difference. Don't worry about having the right words. Worry more about having the right heart. I just want to be honest with you, God. This is where I'm at right now. This is where I'm at. You know, when, you are, when you're down in the dumps and you're discouraged and you start off, oh, merciful Heavenly Father, thank you for the... That's not how I'm feeling. I'm feeling, God, this is crap. What the heck, man? That's, that's like almost verbatim, like what I say sometimes. Okay? And you may think that that's sacrilegious, but that's me and God. And I'm as real as I can be. Seriously, like, God, what are you doing? Like, what don't I understand here? Like, what? When God took my dad at 66 years of age, six months after retirement, the greatest grandpa in the world, was going to move in next door to us, and spend the rest of his life with my children. That was crap. And I hate it. And I still don't get it. And I know you could say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to understand it and I won't care. That's not now. Because I don't, I don't agree and I don't understand it. Because my dad was one in a million. And he left the crappy grandpa. I forgot this was videotaped live on Facebook. My my mother-in-law is watching right now. Sorry, Harriet. You know, don't you? You know. Like if I had to pick, right? It'd be like, eeny, eenie, eeny, eenie. It ain't no mindy mo It ain't him. All right? But be real about it. Like just, because here's what happens. You start from a real place, and you're being real about how you feel, and now we can go somewhere from that. But when you're like, I don't know what to say, because I'm not supposed to question God, and all this kind of stuff, you're starting from a phony place. Be real. And start there and then get to where you need to be with God. Even when Christ was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was God dying on the cross. And he questioned. And I'm not saying he was like like I would be. It's not the eloquence he seeks. Please hear me. Just honesty. How are you feeling? Max Lakato said this. He said, the times I really feel blessed through prayer is when my prayers are sincere. When I think through what I'm going through and I use that prayer to talk to God about everything. So I start from a sincere place and then from there I talk to God about everything else. It's a beautiful thought. Be honest with yourself about yourself. Talk to God often. And then three, share it with someone And then I added this for clarification. Who can help? Okay. Don't just share it with somebody. Share it with somebody who can actually help you. That's why I love our community group. Because here's what happens. You come to church like this. You get handshakes and pats on the backs and a few hugs and a great cup of coffee, right? And then you go home. You're not building relationship. Is there anybody here that you feel Like you could go to and they would help you with this, with whatever this is for you. But you gotta get out of your own head. But find the right person that you can talk to about what you're going through or how you're feeling. Get it out of your own head. We are made for community for a reason. When Melissa and I were expecting our first child, it was a miracle. We had a hard time with pregnancy. After five years, she's going to have surgery to find out what the problem is. And the blood test comes back. Boom, we're pregnant. It's a miracle. Man, we were so happy. Oh, we're going to be parents. How do we do that? We read books, and then we said, you know what? I love their children. Let's go find out how they raise their kids. Oh, I like this about their kids. Let's find out how they raise their kids. And we came up with a plan on how to raise our kids by talking to people who could help us with raising our kids. You can do the same thing with finances. America lives paycheck to paycheck. We are in debt up to our eyeballs. And we're too proud to ask anybody for help. How can I get out of this cycle? Go to somebody who can help you with it. Why are we so adverse to this? Like, that's we're made for community. The church is made to help each other through this thing called the Christian life. That's why we are here. Get involved in a community group. Get to know 10, 12 other people that are going through the same stuff you're going through. Maybe out of those, you're gonna get to know them enough to where you can have a conversation. Because here's the truth. Your, Your pastor can't be that to everybody. I can only drink so much coffee every week. Okay? Find somebody that you love and trust within a community and share how you feel, but somebody who can help. You need somebody in your life that is that for you. And then, and then fourthly and finally, trust God in his word. You talk about a reliable means of measurement, right? Trust God in his word. Not only is God good, and, but God is the source of all that is good. And you say, well, Eric, it doesn't feel that way. I don't feel like God is being good to me. Well, that's because somehow you've set yourself up as the judge and the jury for what, it, for what qualifies as good for you. Somehow we've convinced ourselves that the only good that God can do is the good that I prescribe him to do for me. Not realizing that the God of this universe may have a higher good for you. Or the good that can come out of this may be better than the good that you wanted. And here's the holy. and this is, this is me going back to my previous point. I don't always agree with what God thinks is good. But every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness. That's a beautiful scripture. It is, it is God and his word that promises his goodness to us. How unhumble is it of us to presume to know or presume to judge that what God has done was not good because he's God. Your relationship with God begins with humility. God, I don't have this all figured out. I don't know what you're doing, and I don't know why this is happening, and I don't know why he's a jerk. I don't know why he's a jerk. I don't know why she is not nice. I I don't know why, and to be honest with you, God may not even like it. But are we willing to humble ourselves enough to know that I don't have it figured out? But I need God in my life. 1 John 5, 13 says this, I love it so much. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. There's some assurance there. There's like this confidence that we get to have in God. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with him, but, but he doesn't want you to flounder in that relationship. He wants you to know his love for you. In Romans chapter 10, 13, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here's your invitation today. Your invitation is this. To, if, you, if you have not, to start a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you feel like you are a believer and you have a relationship, my invitation to you is to feel the way you're supposed to feel by doing what you know you're supposed to do and giving God the burdens that you're not designed to carry anyway and enjoy the relationship that is afforded to you as a son or daughter of God Almighty. I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and we, I, I ask them to sing the song again that we sang, the new one. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. And I want you to sing that like you mean it. And if you have a hard time singing that because you're not sure that you're a believer, I can't think of a greater joy that I would have than to have that conversation with you this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And thank you for loving us so well. And thank you for sending your son to not just show his love and your love for us, but to make a way for us to have a genuine relationship with you. Help us to be who you want us to be and help us to live the way you want us to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.